What's up, guys? Matt Brown here for thelines.com, playpicks.com. Joined by Steven Anders. This is episode number 210, the Megapod for the NFL Draft here in 2022. If you want to follow Steven on the Twitter, at StevenAnders1, me, Matt Brown, M2. Guys, we're going to go by position by position. We're going to try to go through all these different markets, give at least brief thoughts, whether we have bets in the markets or not, as to what we think about different things here. Uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Of course, there's all of those markets that are super hot right now. Super hot on the number one overall market, which we're kick things off with as well. And then uh, we'll try to go in with some additional thoughts on some of these other kind of more exotic markets. But I still think there's some money to be made on some of these as well. Of course, we have tons of written coverage over at thelines.com. If you're watching this on YouTube or just listening to us in the audio version, uh, be sure and head over there. Get in the Discord as well. There's a little button in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage that allows you to get into live discussion with us about all of this stuff as it is. And, and again, this stuff is a change in Stephen because as we sit here on Monday morning, you and I decided a week ago that we were going to do the Megapod on Monday morning, probably not thinking that the odds were going to absolutely flip on the number one overall pick in the draft. And that's that'll be where we'll start here. It is no longer Aiden Hutchinson. No, sir. And yeah, glad we, we had some good time and glad we didn't do this one in the last week yeah. and talked about the odds then because we've seen a complete flip here in the market. Aiden Hutchinson in earlier uh, NFL draft markets where obviously the limits are a little bit lower, closer we get to the draft limits expand a little bit. Uh, but he was as short as minus 300, 75% implied probability. Well, now you look across the market and Trayvon Walker is anywhere from minus 150, minus 160 in that range to be the number one pick. So I was curious as we get closer here, is this based on actual dollars coming in or now that we're, you know, days away from the draft, is this based on uh, information that the books have with and especially the draft being in Vegas? I'm glad you bring that. I'm glad you bring that up. And that is something that we should just disclaimer here at the top. Now, the 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 lines moves in the draft don't necessarily mean as much all the time. I just want to point that right. out to people because like, you know, listen, if we see a, if we're, if we're handicapping an NFL game and then all of a sudden the line moves four points, we are wondering what the hell's going on. Right. I mean, like where this is, this is definitely based off of something. This is definitely based off of some very tangible, usable stuff. A lot of times the odds will move in the draft just based off smoke, off stuff that gets rumored, off of a very high profile guy mock drafting a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I do just want to say that we want to point out the line movement here. That does not necessarily mean that Trayvon Walker is going number one overall. True. Absolutely. But I will also echo what I said on last week's episode, Matt, that in early NFL draft markets, you know, we're talking post Super Bowl, but before the two weeks leading up to the draft, when limits are lower and a guy like Aiden Hutchinson goes all the way to minus 300. I think that's strictly based on handle and based on, you know, the low limits coming in. So I don't think it's necessarily sharp betters with big dollars going in because the limits are low at that point. So um, the closer we get to the drafts, the more meaningful it is, in my opinion. Now, whether it's ultimately going to be proven out to be true, we shall see on Thursday. But um, I, I reached out to Christian Cipollini, a sports trader at, at BetMGM. If you listen to our Behind the Lines podcast throughout football season, you'll recognize the name. I asked him, 
Is the Trayvon Walker move based on handle and big bets coming in, or is it based on information that they have gathered? And he said, quote, the draft is a nightmare from a bookmaking position, especially this year with the draft in Vegas, putting all the experts and scouts in one location where any random Joe could overhear a conversation or even be tipped off by somebody. This move, Trayvon Walker, is based off of both action and perceived information that comes in from known betters, end quote. So it's a bit of a combination of everything, but I think those last two words, known betters, carry some weight here as well, Matt. Two different tweets coming through this morning by respected guys that are that that, you know, again, affect this as well. And just something that we could this is just more of for informational purposes for you out there. This didn't trigger any bets for me because this was stuff that uh, Stephen and I had had just had in the account from a long time ago. But Matt Miller uh, at NFL Draft Scout over at ESPN, a guy that I respect, a guy that seems to be pretty plugged in, says it's draft week, which also means it's lying week, which this is another thing to disclaimer here this week, guys. Some of these some of the stuff you hear are, is teams trying to position for their own benefit. It is, oh, we're not interested in trading this, you know, this pick or we're open to trading this pick or, you know, oh, we're certainly interested in this guy and et cetera, et cetera. Because, look, it creates buzz about either that person or it puts some uh, some shine off of the various picks and all of that. So everyone's doing everything to work in their own favor here. That being said. That all that being said, Matt Miller said, but there is a lot of chatter this this morning. And again, this tweet was from 45 minutes ago here on a Monday morning about the Jaguars and Iki Aquanu. Could mm. be that they like him a lot and still might not draft him. But the buzz is definitely out there that he is in play at number one overall. Now, this was the very first bet I made, and I made this before free agency season even starts, which, by the way, I will never make any more draft bets before free agency. That will never happen ever again. <laughs> um, but uh, I made this one before free agency. Of course, the Jags then go and franchise tag Cam Robinson and sign Brandon Scherf. So that was and then made this pick look like a stupid bet that I have in the account. But hey, look, Maybe uh, maybe they're like, we are going to give in a, in a weird league, in a weird AFC, we are just going to go the opposite route of some of these other teams by loading up just, a, you know, offensive weapon after offensive weapon after offensive weapon. And we're just going to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is upright um, as he's as we're battling for all this stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, he said it is lying season and teams are doing whatever they can do to throw off the scent or create buzz about a certain player or whatever it might be. But I did find that one interesting this morning, Stephen. Well, here's why I don't think this particular one is a lie. Because first mm -hmm. of all, they have the number one pick, so they don't have to worry about anybody jumping them. And I don't think that there is a a realistic trade market for anybody to come up and get a, an Iki Aquanu or a Trayvon Walker. I don't think the difference between any of these guys overall or within their positions is stark enough for a team to go and, and trade extra capital to go get somebody, especially the quarterbacks this year. If, if it would be anything, it would be a quarterback. We're not going to see that either. So in this Aquanu business goes back to something we talked about last week. And it's the fact that you have the GM Trent Balky, who most consider to be, you know, not the sharpest tool in the shed, mm -hmm. and a new head coach, Doug Peterson, who I believe Matt Lombardo reported and, and quoted an anonymous coach in the AFC 
that described it as the worst kept secret in the AFC that Doug Peterson wants to use the number one pick on an offensive player, which would lead you to believe it'd be a tackle. And Aquanu is the traits guy, the athletic guy that would at least if they go that route, fit into the Trent bulky narrative of liking athletic traits guys and and more so than the polished, you know, high floor, mm-hmm. low ceiling Evan Neal. So I did when I bet Trayvon Walker plus 350 a couple of weeks ago in the anticipation that we mostly don't know very much about this draft or what's going on. But my belief that a new head coach wants to get his guy and might carry some weight with a GM who is on the hot seat that Doug Peterson could win out in that lobbying or tug of war. And I did add a little bit of Vicky Aquanu at plus 1200. And right now he's around plus 750 as we record this right now. So um, I don't know who's going to win out. I don't think anybody knows, but I think it is real that we have a GM head coach debate and struggle going back and forth here about how to use this number one pick. I can say this. If you have a fat ticket on Trayvon Walker, I don't, but uh, if you, if you do have a fat ticket on Trayvon Walker out there, I think taking a, at least a small piece of Aquanu at seven fifty, just so that you don't hate yourself. If that pick gets announced, um, I wouldn't hate that at all. You know, um, you're still getting seven and a half to one on your money. And this, this franchise could just be in the, look, they could just be in the Trevor Lawrence business for the long haul. They're like, listen, we are going to protect this guy at all given costs. And we'll worry about additional, you know, we'll worry about additional stuff next year. We'll worry about pass rushers. We'll worry about, you know, additional wide receivers whatever it might be. So uh, that certainly could be the thinking there. The other tweet that came through was a scheduled tweet by Adam Schefter. I know it was scheduled because it went live directly at seven Eastern. So um, <laughs> he he set this thing and, and um, but again, Within the past week, as the draft has drawn closer, multiple teams in the top half of the draft have inquired with others about trying to trade back in the first round. So far, the interest is moving back in Thursday's draft and greatly exceeds the interest in moving up. So another thing to keep in mind here. As we are trying to start to handicap, and again, if you live rest of country, I can't do it here in Vegas, but you guys can, you can live trade this draft. I mean, they, there will be live odds getting updated throughout the course of this draft and stuff. And just keep that in mind, especially a team like the Giants who have two early picks. Maybe they decide they would rather have a wad of picks as opposed to two early picks. And maybe they decide that they want to trade out or something or whatever it might be. So, again, just uh, these are all rumors, but Schefter's putting this out because it's coming from at least some sort of place of some sort of place of, of real of, of of real. Right. And then the Jets also with the two early picks, maybe they decide they'd rather just get a collection of picks for one well, of those other think, ones and start to get rid of one. Matt, I think they're going to have a hard time finding buyers to do it. That's my thing, because typically when this happens, like Justin Fields last year, it's for a quarterback. Right. That's what a lot of teams will move up or, you know, every once in a while, you'll see a team move up in the in the back half to get into the, the end of the first round to get a guy they like so they can have the fifth year option on them. Uh, 
but I don't think we're going to see much of it. I think there's a lot of teams that want to move down and not many teams that want to move up. And I think that's why the Eagles and Howie Roseman were sharp to do it when they did to let the Saints move up and get extra draft capital for it, including a first round pick next year in a draft that's considered to be stronger. So I don't anticipate a ton of major moves of teams moving way up to go get somebody because it seems like the consensus is that there isn't. Um, you know, I think Daniel Jeremiah said there's maybe, you know, 20 guys in this draft that have a true first round grade. So if that being said, why would you move up to the back half of the first round when the talent between number 25 and number 45 isn't all that stark? Isn't that different? Well, I mean, I actually think these teams with these multiple picks later would be the more likely suitor. Or we do also have to keep remembering if there's eight teams with multiple first round picks, that means there's a whole lot of teams that don't have a first round pick at all and still might and, and could find themselves getting a little bit, you know, a little bit trigger happy, a little bit like, ah, man, we could get up there and get that guy. And, you know, look, you know what I think, Matt, the one the one angle here that we haven't discussed here that would make sense. And it's not necessarily a team moving up in the draft but maybe a team with multiple picks trading for a known commodity like these receivers that want to get paid that don't want to be there like a Debo Samuel. That's the angle that I do buy. So maybe the Jets or maybe the Packers or maybe the these teams with multiple first round picks going out and getting a bona fide star, a known quantity, and then a team that we didn't anticipate having that pick getting that pick through that route. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, listen, uh, we don't really know what New Orleans is thinking. I mean, they've got 16 and 19. Do they do they re- do they have their heart set on one of these quarterbacks and have just kept it very close to the vest? Would they pair those two picks up to move up to to 10 or to, you know, whatever, you know, the, take the Jets second pick at 10 or go after the Giants second pick at 7 after one of these quarterbacks or something because we know the Saints need a court. So th- there's just a lot of interesting ways that this could break down. Yeah. So just just uh, just keep that in mind. But again, number one overall pick has shifted drastically in the favor of Trayvon Walker. Um, a- another thing you could do right now as, as a as a slight hedge is is, you know, if you do have a Trayvon Walker ticket, you are getting plus money on Aiden Hutchinson. Now we just mentioned the plus money on on uh, Iki Kwanu. If you just want to have a, you know, three different plus money tickets in your account for that number one pick, it does not seem it seems very, 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 very unlikely that it would be anybody other than those three guys. So, Stephen, you you could be sitting there, and yeah, one would win you more money than the other, but you could have three plus money tickets in your account, and that's always fun. Yeah, one more bet that I have made. It's kind of like a you know related bets together, but with the Trayvon Walker move, this has always been my belief that I, I never really believed Aiden Hutchinson was the true rightful favorite to be the number one pick. Well, pair that now with the Trayvon Walker news with what we heard last week that Thibodeau is in true consideration for the Lions at number two. Um, And that is also related to a market move with his over under moving from a juiced under on five and a half to a juiced under at four and a half. So it's basically a lock at this point that Thibodeau is going to be a top five pick, maybe even a top three pick. And if the Matt Miller reports on Thibodeau to Detroit are true, well, now we have Aiden Hutchinson tumbling down a little bit, unsure where his landing spot's going to be. Now, Hutchinson, again, I think this is another head coach, GM, tug of war, who's going to win out and get their guy if the reports are true that um, 
that the GM and the scouting department, and let's not forget the scouting departments for the NFL teams are an army of people that spend the entire year grading and looking at these guys. It is a huge process. So it is sometimes a big coup for a coach to get their guy over the GM and his army of scouts. So that's, that's what you have to understand if that happens. But um, if the head coach for Detroit gets his way, then he's not going to take Thibodeau and he'll go with Hutchinson. So he could still be the pick. But I always lean towards the GM and the scout side because this is their Christmas. This is what they spend 364 days a year studying and spending so much money and resources into. So if that's the case and Thibodeau is Detroit's guy at two, now we're looking at some juicy numbers on Hutchinson to fall anywhere between three and five, I would think. At DraftKings, Aiden Hutchinson plus 700 to be the number three pick, plus 2,500 to be the number four pick, 100 to one to be the number five pick. You could sprinkle some lunch money on each of those slots because I don't think Hutchinson would fall outside the top five. And if he doesn't go one or two, then you're getting some really juicy numbers there for three, four or five. Yeah, I mean the the thing was is the thing is I think at this point is if you're if you're the Houston Texans and Aiden Hutchinson is there at three, I know that throws your draft plans all off because you're expecting that he's not going to be there. But as a franchise, I do find it pretty hard for them to pass up on him at three. They need everything, and if they're not going to trade out of that pick, then you might as well take the best player available. You know, at that point. Um, so I find it very hard that he makes it past three. But again, like you said, you still get a juicy number on three. And also with Kayvon Thibodeau, that then has him sitting there at four for the Jets. And again, if you're the Jets, I just find it very hard for you to be able to pass up on, on a guy like him. If you're sitting there again, you're in the AFC. What has the AFC gone out and done? They have loaded up on quarterbacks pass catchers at all of these high level teams. So if you can't get to the passer, then Burrow and Chase and Herbert and all of his weapons, he's got multiple weapons there for the, for the, for the chargers. By the way, you're still in a division with Patrick Mahomes. You still have what's going on in Denver. You still have what's going on in Vegas with the Raiders. I mean, like th- this, the AFC is, is insanity. So if you don't have someone that can get after the pass rusher, then I mean, get a, get, uh, get after the quarterback with a pass rusher. Then I don't know what you're doing. So I, I, I agree with you. I played the under on, so I played under, and some of these numbers are too stale guys, but uh, I, I'll point out the ones that I think are still playable. I played Kayvon Thibodeau top 10 back whenever his name was sliding, right? When he was just like the, he was like the biggest faller in the draft and you were getting able to, you were able to pick him at at minus 150 to go in the top 10. So he was like a huge faller. Well, he's minus 2,500 to be top 10 now. So you and, can see that the buzz is real. And, and I think that this buzz is is actually real because, again, the reason he was falling was because of his interviews. And Steven, we know how this goes, man. It's like one team yeah. says, oh, we didn't like the way he interviewed and like his personality and this ain't and the other. I mean, look, at the, the talent wins out at the end of the day when it comes to all this rusher. stuff. He's not a, yes. he's not a quarterback. He's yeah, a pass like, rusher. Exactly. Like talent wins out at the end of the day with all this stuff. And so I didn't buy it from the get go. And, and so what I can say is under four and a half for Thibodeau, I almost feel like, and I'm not going to say this, I will say this about a couple of other guys here, but I, I feel like that his hard floor is pick four at the Jets. Like I can't see him getting past the Jets at four if if he is still there. So the under four and a half on the draft position for him 
is something that I think is pretty is uh, I think is pretty interesting. I agree with you. It's around minus 165 now, juice yeah. to the under for uh, under four and a half for Thibodeau. I agree with you. I think my hard floor for him is five of the Giants, but um, I don't think the Jets probably anticipated at this point. I think they would be surprised if Thibodeau was there at four. Yeah. And I think at that point, you know, I, I think they're using one of their picks, four or 10, on a wide receiver. And I'm not so sure there's a big enough gap between Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London um, to pass on Thibodeau and take their number one wide receiver instead of just waiting for whoever's still there at wide receiver at pick 10. Now, I could be wrong about that because there have been multiple reports about how highly teams think of Jamison Williams before the ACL tear that he was the true bona fide wide receiver star of this class. And people are uh, forgiving the ACL at this point. So I, I have bets on Jamison Williams to be the number one wide receiver at plus 300 to be a top 10 pick, even sprinkled a little on him to be a top five pick in case the jets just wait on a D lineman at pick 10. But I mostly agree with you that um, Thibodeau at, at four would be a great pick for them. So we'll continue with these kind of positions and then top five, top 10 type stuff before we get into it. We'll go position by position here. So we've talked about number one overall pick. Listen, that's going to set the chain reaction into, you know, two, three, four, five. If if you have if you are a super strong believer that 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 Trayvon Walker is going one, then there are I think there is some some value to be made betting these two, three, four um, picks out there. I think that there is some some real value in betting those, I think there's some real value in betting the fifth overall pick in which it is widely considered that the Giants are going to take an offensive lineman. Like it seems to be that that is going to be the case with the Giants. They apparently don't have any interest in trading out of that slot either. Right now, Stephen, Icky is is plus 300, as is Evan Neal to go number five overall, you could put in a bet on both and you make money no matter what, whichever, whichever one decides to be the apple of the giant's eye. If they're both available there at five, you still are holding plus 300 tickets for both of those guys to go. Again, it's a grind to figure out how to make money in the draft. It's a grind to have all these tickets and to have things go a certain way in order for you to, to be able to make some cash. But again, it's three to one on both easy, put a, you know, have whatever you're, whatever your betting strategy is for the, for the draft or something, but you could be equal amount on both. And no matter whose name is called at five, you're making money. True. Uh, I would be careful to not forget about Charles cross as well. Who's four fifty? So, I mean, you could have a ticket on all three. Correct. You absolutely yeah. could. I think if, if I was convinced that the giants are going to O line at five, um, <clears throat> Matt, I, I think the only other devil's advocate rebuttal I would make is that, uh, if if Thibodeau's going top five, if uh, Trayvon Walker is skyrocketed up to be the number one pick, then the Giants could potentially have the option of of waiting until pick seven to go O lineman um, and going with a guy that they don't think will be there at seven potentially. You know, maybe it's a corner. Um, you know, it could be could be anything really. But the point is that I think there's a chance that if those those three O linemen start to drift a little bit that they could wait. But 
If they don't, then I think Charles Cross potentially could go ahead of Evan Neal. There have been increasing reports that some teams view Evan Neal more as a guard at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles Cross is the true tackle. So that could bump his value a little bit. Uh, but to your point, if you are convinced that the Giants are going to go O lineman at pick right. five, then you could play all three of them and, you know, get basically kind of like a net even money or a little bit better. Yeah. No, yeah. You can, you can certainly, you can certainly figure out how to play it. I, I even see a, you know, I see a, a five out there right now on him to go, th- to go uh, fifth overall. So yeah, there, there's again, shop around. will always say that, right. I mean, like there Especially is. Especially for the draft of all yes. of like the, the NFL draft of all events. It is a must that you shop around because the number one piece of advice. On yes, yes. Yes. The absolute number one piece of advice is to be sure. And, uh, is to be sure and, and shop around with, with all this. All right. So let's head into, let's head into these top five, top 10 markets and see if there's sure. any value in going top five, top 10. And, and one of the things I'll say about top five, I tend to, I tend to find that it's just better in the top five market to play the over under on a guy's, on a guy's uh, position number. Cause typically his, his position, his position over under will be, you know, uh, more fair of a number. And then you'll be able to go in. Cause like, look, do you want to bet minus a thousand that Trayvon Walker is going to go top five? I mean, probably not. It's still only five picks that, you know, for you to, for you to lose out on this. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to lay a thousand dollars to win a hundred on something like that. So mainly it'd be looking at someone in a plus money situation that you think could be a surprise because remember every under that you take, is kind of anti-correlated, right? I mean, because every under that you put into your account, that means that you have one guy that you that you need to go under. Well, every time one guy that you need to go under goes under, any additional under tickets that you have in your account actually have less value because a, a slot's getting taken up by someone that's not your guy that you have an under on. So just another thing to kind of keep in mind, the more unders you play, it is kind of a negative correlated bet. Not, not 100% negatively correlated, but there is a negative correlation in, all, in, in, in under bets right because there's only so many under numbers whereas if you're betting over there's an infinite amount of over numbers so that's uh that's something to keep in mind too steven i think whenever you're whenever you're putting this stuff together there are just little tiny little tricks of the trade to keep in mind sure and, and to your point about you know comparing prices not only across sports books but across draft markets at the same sports book you know, we talked about Charles Cross, and I don't think either of us really think he's realistic to be one of the f- first four picks. So, if anything, he would be maybe fifth. And you can bet that exact market at what we talked about around plus 450, 500. Whereas if yep. you bet him to be a top five pick, he's only plus 300. So, exactly. um, just think about that. It gives you a couple it, more outs, but like, but realistically, like, I don't, I don't see the Jets taking right. him at four no. or being a top three pick either. There's been no tie whatsoever to him and any team outside of the Giants. So, like, you're right. It, it's like it, you would just pick him to, you would slot him to go directly at fifth as opposed to, as opposed to taking a, a, him as a top five pick. So yes, there are, there are ways that once you decide you want to make a bet, then go into all these various other markets and make sure that the way that you want to bet it, that you're getting the best bang for your buck, because there are four or five different ways right now that you can make this essentially the same bet. So you just got to figure out which way you're getting paid the most. 
Right. So, I mean, if we look at the top five market right now, Matt, there's there's five guys who are minus money and the rest are plus 300 or longer. Yeah. So the 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 market is telling you that these five guys in some order are going to be the top five picks. So my question to you is, is there a guy at longer odds and we'll consider that plus 300 or longer that you would bet to be a top five pick because there's only really one guy I'm interested in. And I'm curious if we have the same guy or not. Yeah. The the only, the only one to me is Derek Stingley. And it's because there is, as we mentioned, so Houston is in a very unique position that we have not really seen in a long time, because normally when a team is absolutely terrible, they're in the market for a quarterback because you know, you have to have a quarterback in a, for one of these franchises. Well, look, they're playing it smart. They don't covet any of these quarterbacks. They're going to play with Davis Mills and lose a whole bunch of games again this year so that they can go after Bryce Young next year. So they're they're playing it that route. So you have a team holding the third overall pick that that is in in a weird way a luxury pick because they can do damn near anything that they want to with it cuz they need everything. Like they legitimately need everything. And so um it would not surprise me if if they shocked everybody and took Stingley at third. If they feel like that he has the highest upside at one of the what is quickly becoming one of the most important positions in all of football because of the talent of these friggin quarterbacks and wide receivers that are that are in this league. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that's the only one that I might take. Which one was catching your eye? Well, to finish your point, that is the better price as opposed to just betting Stingley to be the the number one corner where it's only yes. plus two fifty. And if I think we both agree that we think a corner is going in the top five, we're just you know we most think it's Sauce Gardner. But to your point, Stingley obviously has had some upside as well, and a lot of scouts have you know said obviously anonymously, anonymously, but they have forgiven his bad season because LSU was a dumpster fire, and they said you know I would check out too on that season. So yeah. Um, that's that's part of the narrative here as well with Stingley maybe being higher on teams boards than mock drafters around the country. Uh, the only one that I have dabbled on is Jamison Williams at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And it is under the belief. I bet it at, at 25 to one. Um, I think most books, it's come down a little bit. And it is my belief that before he tore his ACL, he was clearing away the number one wide receiver in this class. And I'm not talking about by mock drafters. I'm talking about the reporting we have heard over the past month from scouts and team sources that um, they had him as anywhere between a pro bowler and an all pro talent among this wide receiver class. And the ACL injury bumped him down a little bit temporarily. Well, now The ACL is not the injury concern it was 10 years ago. And you have a team like the New York Jets who are sitting there with picks four and 10 who have been pegged as somebody still in the market to get another receiver. They tried to package a bunch of picks to get Tyree Kill. They were in on a bunch of other receivers on the free agent market as well. And they they struck out on all of those guys. So if the Jets are looking long term and they have Jamison Williams with a significant gap between him and the next best receiver in this class. And they have smaller gaps between the defensive linemen or the cornerbacks, et cetera. 
then I could see them using the fourth pick on Jamison Williams and waiting on those other positions for pick 10. And this also goes back to a great point that we heard Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks make with the way contracts are now with wide receivers and the fact that some of these guys in their second contracts are getting paid anywhere between 20 and $25 million per year. Well, like the quarterback position, that makes it worth taking a shot, even as high as a top five pick, on a wide receiver you think could be a star. Because the most recent example is Jamar Chase, who is an absolute steal from salary situation for the rest of his rookie contract after he just put up 1,400 yards his rookie season. So I can see the Jets rolling the dice on Jamison Williams in the top five as well. well. And and the other thing is, again, like we keep talking about, like the Jets aren't in it to win it this year as it is anyway. So it doesn't matter if you don't get Jamison Williams until late October or November if you're the Jets because you're not going anywhere this year anyway. You are picking for three years from now if you're the Jets where you can just stockpile some players and hopefully actually make a run at, at all of this. And so, you know, you got to uh, I, I, I don't find that. I don't find that outlandish it's a at all, sprinkle, man. Think, right? Yeah. It's it, yep. it's it's a long shot and it's a sprinkle. We're not putting like two or three units on this, putting a little lunch money and, and seeing if we can make a few hundred bucks off of it. Um so as we've been on air, Pro Football Network reports that uh Trent Balky wants Trayvon Walker, but Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson. So get your popcorn ready. Let, oh, let's God. see. Let, yeah, let's see who wins. Is it going to be the is it <laughs> well, going to be the GM you. or the owner? Uh, I, well, again, we'll see, uh, it, that, that sounds interesting, but if that is true, in my experience, the owners don't lose many of these battles, sir. They sign <laughs> I mean, the check. They're going, they're like, Hey, that's cool. And all, and I respect your opinion. It's my money. Like, right. uh, just, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, again, well, so just now, again. So are you telling me that the Jacksonville Jaguars a year after urban Meyer now have an infight between the owner <laughs> the GM and the head coach who each want a different player with the number one pick. Like we're, we're so, doing, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun, fun stuff here. Um, okay. Let's go to this top 10 market here. Um, you know, very top heavy, of course, Thibodeau, Sauce Gardner, Charles Cross, Stingley, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Malik Willis. I don't know if Malik Willis is interesting there at all at minus money. Then everybody else outside of that starts to get into plus money uh, for a top 10. I actually didn't find any of these that I really loved, uh, Stephen. I mean, whenever you look at this. I mean, Pickett, it's just not juicy enough at plus 135 for him. I think you, we, you, we can go about it the same way we were talking about, just just going in and, and picking an individual slot for him and then just, just betting it that way because there's not like it's he's in the market for a lot of teams inside the top 10. There's very specific teams, very specific slots that he would be able to go. Uh, you already mentioned, I mean, they're, at this point, Jamison Williams, you're only getting plus 120 for him to go in the top 10. You're getting an over under on him at 12 and a half. So you're getting two extra picks um, as, yeah, a, as, a buff, as a buffer there for him. You'd rather just take the under there. And yeah, you're not getting plus money. You're getting my, it's minus 110. But, you know, two two slots for for Jamison Williams would be much better uh, in a market like this. So I didn't find any of these top 10s very interesting. Is there anybody that you believe is like a a wild card to 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 pop into the top 10. 
Well, I'll go back to the wide receiver market here because, you know, you look at the teams at the top 10. We talked about the Jets with two picks in the top mm-hmm. 10. If the Kadarius Tony rumors about them wanting to trade him are true with a new head coach and Brian Dable there and an old regime that didn't exactly have a great draft record and track record. Um you know, they're going to need a receiver then as well to go with Kenny Galladay. So if they're out on Tony, then the Giants potentially could use one of those two picks on an elite wide receiver at five and seven. Um, it's not completely out of their own possibility. And it's been very well documented that the Panthers potentially want to trade down from six. So you also have the the Falcons at pick eight that need a wide receiver more than any team in the NFL. And you have Seattle at pick nine. They don't need a, a wide receiver, but obviously still plenty of, of teams and landing spots for receivers. So if you look at the top 10 market, you mentioned Jameson Williams at plus money. Uh, Garrett Wilson's at minus 200. Don't really see any value in those odds. Uh, Drake London as a as a really big receiver that also separated well in college at USC and also earned playing time on a team that had Michael Pittman and Amon Morales St. Brown, who both emerged and did very well in the NFL immediately. So uh, I think all three of those guys could potentially be top 10 picks among the wide receivers. And, you know, you're getting Jamison Williams and, and Drake London around plus 120 to fall in that range. Yeah, I typically would rather just if I'm only getting plus 120, I'd rather just play their I'd rather just play their over under on their draft position. And I agree give with myself a, a bigger yeah. buffer here um, for that. And and again, like if it was a fat number, like if you were I guess what I would say is if you were convinced that that Olave could actually slip into the top 10 or, you know, something like that. Traylon yeah. Burks, where you're getting 14, 15, 16, something like that to one. Um, that would interest me a lot more than than some of the guys that are just that are super short that you're going to get so many more draft positions if you just play their if you just play their over under on their. Uh, the other thing I'll their, mention, the last thing I'll mention here is uh, there's been some steam on Desmond Ritter and his odds to be the first quarterback taken shortening and shortening and shortening. Saw it as short as like eight to one at this point where it was like 30 to one. He had a visit with the Seattle Seahawks, who obviously only have Drew Locke at this point. But in the top 10 market, he is still 16 to one. So at least some, you know, that's double the odds now of what he's plummeted to in the first quarterback market. And if you think he's going to be a top 10 pick and the first quarterback taken, um, there are a couple of quarterback needy teams in the top 10. If you want to throw a dart, you know, like I said, some lunch money, you're getting double the odds for Ritter in the top 10 market than you are in the first quarterback market. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's move on here. Let's talk some of these. Uh, let's talk some of these position over and unders real quick before we move into the position. I'll just let you know the the stuff that I do have in the account. I took sure. um, I took the uh, as far as as far as these positions over under. I don't have a ton of them. I have Stingley, but it's. It, it was way back when it was at 12 and a half on the under. It has gone to under nine and a half. Now the market has really spoken as to the floor for Stingley. You read a lot of these mock drafts. Basically everybody has said that if, if, if he is there at nine, if he is still around at nine for Seattle, that he's not getting past Seattle at nine. Um, look, I took the under 12 and a half because I still thought that Minnesota was certainly in play. I think Washington is probably still in play as well. Now that it's moved to nine and a half, 
I don't find it quite as interesting. That being said, if you believe all these guys who do this for a living and are certainly more plugged in than I, everybody says if he's there for Seattle at nine, that he is that, that he's going to be off the board. So, um, you know, if you wanted to play the under nine and a half, even though the number is not as good as it was a week ago, I wouldn't necessarily talk you out of it. I like that. I don't I don't disagree with it. I think, um, you know, we just talked about Seattle and maybe Desmond Ritter, but I I don't th- it was it was it's lunch money, right? We're throwing a couple bucks at it. I, I think this is the more likely situation for the Seattle Seahawks. I agree with you there. Um, the only other position market I bet was over one and a half safeties. Uh, I bet it a couple of weeks ago at minus 200. I think it's like minus 300 now, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty damn confident that it's going to hit. You have Kyle Hamilton and you have Dax Hill, who's gone from like minus 120 to be a first round pick to like minus 175 to be a first round pick. Uh, the only question in this market was whether or not Dax Hill would be classified as a safety or a cornerback. And the books have come out and clarified that whatever they're listed on at NFL.com is what they're going to go with. And Dax Hill is listed as a safety on NFL.com. So you don't have to worry about losing that bet because all of a sudden they're going to classify him as a cornerback. I uh, you mentioned Kyle Hamilton. I also have an over uh, in, in my account on Kyle Hamilton over nine and a half. It's at ten and a half right now. I still think that is certainly uh, bettable. Nobody has free fallen more than Kyle Hamilton, a guy who was rumored to go as high as three in this draft is now looking like he might be more of a mid teens pick. Uh, after you run a four seven as a safety, Stephen, it doesn't really matter what you can show people on tape because every Not every great. one of these wide yeah every one of these wide receivers runs a four three or four four. We have tight yeah. ends running four fives now, and if you're a safety running four seven, uh, they are just not really they're not super high on that, and they are uh, so he is he's kind of been in a free fall here. Most mocks out there at this point have him going in the teens as opposed to inside the top 10. So uh, it's still, you can still get a piece of him over 10 and a half. If you want to go that route, you do got to lay a bit, a little bit of juice, but uh, again, pretty much everybody out there, the latest round of mocks from the guys that I respect 15th, 13th, 13th, 12th, 11th, 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 18th, 20th, 13th, 11th, 15th, 13th. So like not a single one has him going inside the top 10. So, um, you know, again, I kind of I think that pick is is still bettable. And, you know, listen, I am I am willing to make I'm willing to make um, big juiced bets in the draft because we're we're doing this off of information. It's not like they still have to go out there and perform on the field, right? Like we can be so confident in a bet and whatever, but if if the game plan goes wrong or anything like that, that's not this situation. Like we're, we're going off a real hard, like, like information here uh, that, that, you know, can't change the guy ran a four, seven. It is what it is. And teams hate that and, uh, and whatever. So anyhow, I, um, that's where I have that in, in there for him. And again, that's still bettable if you wanted to do that. Any others here that you want to hit on, Matt? I have some team-specific bets that I've made, um, what position they will draft, and also some just exact landing spot type stuff. Uh, the, uh, so any the others only, here you want to mention? The only thing I did is top top 32, which basically means you're just betting on the guy to be a first-rounder. Um, I did, in fact, go in 
And uh, I took a piece of Desmond Ritter. It was when this opened, it was it was plus 105. It's only minus 125 right now for him to go in the first round. I actually like this market for someone like him as opposed to some of this other stuff because he is so incredibly polarizing in this draft right now. Some yeah. some some things you hear, right? Some things you hear that he's the number one quarterback on people's boards. Some you hear, oh no, they've got this a mid second ground rate on this grade on this guy, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think there's a more polarizing guy in this draft outside of. Uh, maybe what there's what's going to happen at the very top with with everything. And so I just took him overall as a first rounder to where if the Saints get froggy and take him, you know, in the middle of the first, I won't feel like a moron. Or if the Lions just sneak in with that 32nd overall pick and say, OK, we want the fifth year option. We know Jared Goff isn't our isn't our long term future here. We'll take him with our 32nd pick. And so with him being so incredibly volatile, just taking him as a first rounder, was was the best way, in my opinion, to go with with Ritter. I agree with you there. And and if if what we've heard is true, that most teams don't have 30 players with a first round pick in this draft, I've even heard as short as, you know, only 20 players with a first round grade in this draft, then who gives a damn if you draft Desmond Ritter in the late second round or the back end of the first round? Because the financial side of it and that fifth year option and the the cost comparison between a quarterback on his rookie deal versus a second contract now is so stark that it absolutely makes it worth getting that guy in the first round than in the second round where you don't have the fifth year option. And if he is who you hope he will be, you're paying him $40 million a year, a lot faster. And, and let's just be for real. If you can, the real way to go here is to hit, on a young quarterback on his rookie deal to where you can build around him with other guys. And that's the key to that's the success formula. I mean, like if you just look and there are some teams in the back half here, in the first round, Matt, that have pretty strong rosters that are a quarterback mm-hmm. away. The, the one that comes to mind is Tennessee and yep. the other that comes to mind is new Orleans strong rosters, but have holes at quarterback. I also took, um, I, these are just heavily juiced, but they, uh, you know, again, like Chris Olave, if you have the bankroll, I'm this isn't a bet for everyone, but you can just take him as a top 32 pick. It's juiced to minus 900, but like Chris Olave is going to go in the top like 15, 16 picks in the draft, right? Yeah, like he he's going, fast. he's like Chris Olave is going like like his floor is like pick 20. So you're you're yes, it's basically like a short term loan to the sports book to which they pay you back <laughs> a high interest rate. You know, like so right. it's again the bet's not for everyone. <laughs> But if you have a bigger bankroll, you can go into these like top 32 markets. And yeah, there are some that are that are juiced pretty heavily, but like they're they're going in the first round for sure. Like it's it's happening a hundred percent. So um you it's can more do more interest than your savings account will give you. I'll say yes, that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean you <laughs> you're basically loaning them nine hundred bucks for the next three days and they're gonna give you a hundred dollars back. I mean, it's it's great. Like so so just again, it's not the best not for everybody, just but hope, it's just hope he doesn't show up uh on Twitter in a bong match. That's all. That's yeah, the only or, thing you have to really worry about. I know. Getting out of his car, he like shreds his Achilles or something or whatever, or something like that. It's about, <laughs> about the only thing that we could do with uh with all that. Uh another uh, another player market that you can bet here, Steven, first overall offensive player. Uh, this has gotten juicy, I guess, now, because Iki yeah. Iquano apparently is still in the mix to go 
number one overall if you believe you know the reports that are coming out right now so he's 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 bet at minus 140 uh evan neal i don't see a realistic way he goes number one overall unless this falls i think he's the one most likely to drop a little bit here for that the the tackle upside concerns that i mentioned a lot of teams think he might be a guard yeah i mean it's the it's the he could but that would mean it would fall all the way to number five with the giants and and whatever and all it's like I, i don't think that this is a truly bettable market here for me um, as first overall player, because again, it's just uh, for me, um, I can't see it, it's going to be, it's going to be a Quanu or Neil more times than not. Maybe it's Charles cross, but we already pointed out other ways that you could bet Charles cross if you wanted to go that direction. And then Malik Willis at plus at plus 600, the only way he's the only way he's going is if he goes two overall to the Lions and you would just bet him to go exactly at pick number two to the Lions. So for me, first overall player um, for Malik, for, for really any of these markets, I, I don't I don't like any of these numbers, to be honest. The only one I would consider dabbling is Jamison Williams Again, for the same 20, reasons yeah. we talked about before. 20 yep. to one, same reasons we talked about before. Um, let's quickly hit the positions real quick and then we'll get to your team specific stuff and I'll, I'll run through my full betting card and we'll get out of here. Quarterback props. I do have over, uh, I do have over two and a half quarterbacks. Um, you can still bet that it is juiced a lot now. I, I, I just can't believe we're going to get out of here with nothing but Willis and Pickett. I think one of these other guys and getting that fifth year option is going to just be too much for one of these teams to pass up, whether that's Ritter or Corral or Howell or whoever it is like, you know, um, I just think a third quarterback slips into that first round. I have the over two and a half. I actually still really like that bet. I know you got to lay 225 or 230 or something like that right now, but it just we know how this is. You, you just mentioned it. There are so many quarterback hungry teams out there. You can take a swing this year, especially these teams with multiple picks. You can take a swing this year, and if you miss, you can try again next year. I mean, we saw the Cardinals do that when they got Kyler Murray, right? I mean, like, you just have to keep taking swings at quarterbacks, and when you get lucky and finally get a good one, then you can actually build around him. So um, I think three go. I don't know what you think. I think that there's a chance Kenny Pickett could be the third quarterback selected in this draft. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because there isn't huge hype or good elite grades on any one of these guys. So if that's the case, then wouldn't you want the more mobile, the more raw athletic Ritter or Malik Willis just in the event that there's some untapped upside there as opposed to Kenny Pickett, who uh, who I think, you know, one scout described as just, you know, boring and, you know, he's fine, but he's just he is what he is at this point. So plus 350 on Kenny Pickett to be the third quarterback selected is uh, is interesting to me. Wide receiver props. uh, we'll, We'll do running backs real quick. I have the over on a half a running back to go in the first round. Listen, typically every single year, Stephen, we hear at least, ah, uh, there's no way you can take a running back in the first round. You know, no way you can take a running back in the first round unless like last year where the Steelers all but told us that they were taking a running back. Um, this year, there has been absolutely no smoke whatsoever about a running back going in the first round. There has been no running back tied to any team at all. 
listen, that's not to say it won't happen. It could certainly surprise me and happen. I took the under on a half a running back going in the first round. I, I, it, some team would really, really have to be stretching, I think, this year for that. The one narrative that's been out there is the Buffalo Bills, and I consider Brandon Bean, their general manager, to be one of the sharper GMs in the NFL, right. and it would absolutely shock me if he uses a first-round pick on a running back, even if Brees Hall is the only true three-down back in this draft. Uh, they have bigger needs than running back, and I I just trust Brandon Bean to, to not make not make that mistake. Right. And we're seeing too, like having a rookie running back, like uh, is uh, on a contract isn't because no one wants to pay a second contract to a running back anyway. So like, like it's far less valuable to have a rookie running back on a, on a, con- on a contract, but it really, you can just take a guy in the second or third round. And we've seen a lot of those guys succeed as well. So nothing there, nothing for me outside of that wide receiver. I do have the over five and a half wide receivers in the first round. I think six go. I think we could see as high as seven. Listen, we know five are going for sure. Wilson, Williams, London, Olave, and Burks are all going in the first round. Those five are locks to go in the first round. I just need one more guy to slip in to the first round. Is it Christian Watson? Is it Jahan Dodson? Is it Sky Moore? Is it any of these other guys? Like, I just need one of those guys to slip into the the first round. So I do have the over on and five will. and a half wide receivers. They absolutely will. In fact, um, you know, you got a great number on that because the the number now at some books has moved to six and a half, uh, where over six and a half is minus one hundred five, and under six and a half is minus one twenty five, and um, not really interested at that point, but wouldn't shock me in the least if seven wide receivers go in the first round of this draft for the financial reasons we discussed on this yep. podcast and also because of all of the wide receiver needy teams in the back half. Now, I, I'm not interested in betting in at this point because I do think in the range of outcomes, there is still the possibility that one of these wide receiver needy teams, instead of using one of these first round picks on a receiver, goes and gets one of these guys that are rumored to be on the trade market, uh, yeah. Debo Samuel, um, et cetera. I don't think A.J. Brown or Terry McLaurin are going to get traded, but obviously Debo Samuel has made it abundantly clear that he doesn't want to spend another day playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'll, we'll get to safeties rapidly because I don't have anything for tight ends, offensive linemen, linebackers, or corners because one tight ends, a luxury market at this point. Cause there's no, there's no first round tight end grade on any guy. There's nobody who's a surefire or anything. And so it's, it's whatever a team is in the market for. So I don't like that at all. Do they want a guy who's a pure pass catcher? Do they want a guy who's a do it all tight end, all the things like that. So I have nothing in the tight end market, anything for you in tight end market. No, nothing for me on tight ends. The the last point I'll make about the over one and a half safeties is uh, don't bet it now at minus 285. Instead, just mm-hmm. go to the top 32 market and bet on Dax Hill minus 190 go. to be a first round pick. There you done go. and done. There you go. Um, offensive lineman. I didn't bet this one um, because, listen, offensive line is going to get wacky in this draft because we know Icky, Neal and Charles Cross are all highly coveted. It's a big drop off after that. 
And then not only is there a big drop off after that, it really is going to come down to team specific needs and all that towards the end of the first round and stuff. And like that is where it gets a little too shady for me, Steven. So I I just I, I couldn't play the market because there's such a massive drop off from those top three that, you know, who's going to be the apple of the team's eye? What darling, what team hates this player and all that? So when I have to start trying to read minds like that, it's just the market gets out of hand for me. For sure. And basically this year for me, one of my my tenets is that I, I'm only interested in really nice plus numbers for the most part because of just mm-hmm. the level of uncertainty we have. Like we just spent the first half of this podcast talking about how uncertain the top five is <laughs> and the number one pick is we have three uh, stakeholders for the Jaguars who apparently all like a different guy at number one. So yeah. now we're talking about trying to handicap the bottom half of the first round where most teams don't see a big gap between their 25th graded player and their 50th graded player. So good luck trying to to pinpoint that. And when, when even in a good season, the most accurate mock drafters are getting less than 50% of the correct players on the right teams in the first round. Let's run through our full draft cards here and uh, let everybody kind of get an idea of where we're at. And if there's anything that you hadn't explained along the way, uh, be sure and, and give a little bit of context for it. All right. So um, a couple of teams I just want to hit on briefly mm-hmm. here. The the Green Bay Packers and what position they will take with their first pick. Obviously, wide receiver is what everybody has talked about now that they, they got rid of Devontae Adams. but it's at minus 150, which is implying a greater than 50% chance, you know, around 60% chance that they're going to use that first pick on a wide receiver. I've seen enough drafts with this general manager to know that he doesn't really use wide receiver in the first round and they have other mm-hmm. needs as well. And I think at that point in the draft, there isn't a big difference between who they take at wide receiver there compared to who they would get in the second round or even with their second first round pick. So, I took a little sprinkle based on just how juiced the wide receiver odds are. And I got the Packers to use their first pick on either an offensive lineman or defensive line slash edge. And that's the same Mm. bet. I got defensive line slash edge as the same bet. Plus 400 on the one plus 900 on the other split a unit between the two. And I'm getting some nice numbers there. So and this I, is, I just, this is this is an interesting change because the where price changes everything. So I hit this market the second that it that it went live, and I took wide receiver, but wide receiver was plus one twenty five. Oh yeah, right? big so difference. so so I was getting plus money for them to take a wide receiver with their first pick, but now at one sixty five, I wouldn't do that. So yes, it's all everything is all price sensitive here for sure. For sure. And and I, I compared those prices to, you know, I, I you've heard me say Daniel Jeremiah a lot. I respect mm-hmm. him a lot based on his ability to grade players and the enormous number of team sources he has around the NFL. And if you look at his board between, I think, 18 and, and 48, half of those players are either offensive linemen or edge slash D line. So mm-hmm. it's a nice, juicy part of the draft and two positions that the Packers need, uh, in particular, offensive linemen. Their O-line's getting old. They have uh, Jenkins coming back from an ACL. Boxy only played one game last year. 
they need offensive line and they have a 38 year old quarterback and there's enough wide receivers in this class where I could see them waiting until their second first round pick or even later in the draft to go get it. Uh, and I would love to see all the Packers fans heads explode if, if they wait outside the first round to take over receiver after they traded Devontae Adams. Um, so I'll, I'll run through my card real quick and then then you can hit up on yours and then we'll we'll let people go uh, over two and a half quarterbacks. I already talked about that. I have Hutchinson first overall, but I did back that up with Trayvon Walker overall, number one. And then the the first ticket that I ever put in was was Iki Iquanu as number one overall pick. So I, I tend to have that position uh, pretty much covered here. I have Stingley as the first corner taken again. It was one of those deals where the price was just too much for me. Um, and I do think that there's a, a chance that that Houston could get kind of wacky with that that third overall pick there uh over five and a half wide receivers just talked about that over a half a running back talked about that chris olave top 32 like i said bet's not for everybody but that guy's going in the first round so if you want to give the book a short-term loan uh for them to pay you back some high interest then you could definitely uh do that here um desmond ritter top 32 i went through that i still think that is bettable at minus 125 on desmond ritter to go in the first round Kayvon Thibodeau top 10, as we just mentioned, I'm okay with betting Kayvon Thibodeau under four and a half at this point if you wanted to go that direction. Packers first player drafted as a wide receiver. We just mentioned I got a different price than what is listed right now, which does change the whole thought process of that because they do have the luxury of that second pick where they could go wide receiver, but I was getting plus money for them to take wide receiver there. So uh, something to, to think about as well. Over on Kyle Hamilton, as well as his of of his draft number, so um, I think that that is a pretty solid way to go as well. A guy ran a four seven. They don't we don't like slow safeties uh, in the NFL, so he's no longer a top five pick, and I think falls outside of the top ten as well in that. So Stephen, it is um, listen. It's not as many bets as I had last year. I'll never have another. La- I'll never have another last year again ever. So um, I'll uh, I'll take what I have in there. You know, I feel pretty good about the majority of these. I might add another couple as more markets open up over the next couple of days. But that's where I sit right now. I'm with you. I, I have not bet as much on this draft as I did last year. the The only other bets I'll mention here, uh, and we'll and we'll get going is. Uh, Falcons, I bet plus 150 to take a wide receiver mm-hmm. with their first draft pick. I mean, go look at their wide receiver depth chart and just have a laugh. It is it is brutal. Um, mentioned the Packers. Um, hat tip to Evan Silva for this one because he's the first one I've heard talk about it. The Titans plus 550 to take a quarterback. Yeah. Another team that's pretty polished everywhere. But Ryan Tannehill has looked like shit. And next year, he has a $20 million cap hit that they can get out of completely uh, if they cut him. So I think they need to start looking to the future at quarterback. And they're right in that nice little range at pick 26, where one of these top three quarterbacks could fall to them. Um, that's the only other juicy number I have here. Uh, the last one I didn't mention is Sauce Gardner, who I think is still the top corner in this draft. You know, we'll see. You know, you got like, some good numbers on Derek Stingley, and I can't argue with the good numbers. Mm. But I bet him under seven and a half at minus one thirty-five. It's at five and a half now, um, but I don't see him slipping by the Giants. I think he's a great fit for the Giants. The only small chance is if they uh, think they can still get him at seven. Uh, but I think there's a chance he could go number three. I think he'd go that high. So yeah, no, um, he, that's he, my card. He cert- 
he, he certainly could. It is going to be super, super fun, guys. This draft is uh, unlike a lot because, again, these the – I, I don't want you to think that we're we're holding anything back here. It's just look with with eight teams with multiple picks, this thing could get wacky quick. Like this thing could go off the rails quickly, and so I don't want to get stuck in in uh, the, the wackiness if at all possible. So um, we'll do the best we can. Again, over in the uh, over in the Discord, we'll talk about this more as the days approach here, as these numbers continue to change, as new markets get added, because they will. They'll continue to add new markets for the next 48 hours here. So we'll uh, we'll keep you abreast of all that. So again, head to the homepage, upper right hand corner, click on the, uh, the little Discord and join us over there. If you want to follow tw- uh, Stephen on the Twitter at Stephen Anders one, you want to follow me at Matt Brown M two. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, please go ahead hit that subscribe button. We really do. Appreciate you guys out there. Good luck on all your bets here for the NFL Draft in 2022. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada.